Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 31. Today, I'm super excited to talk to you about how to create and own your very own elevator pitch. Now, what we're going to cover is how to explain who you are and what you do in a very short amount of time so that the next time somebody asks you, what do you do for a living, you have the perfect response. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of The Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash golddigger to get started and get your life back today. Hey guys, it's Jenna Kutcher, and I'm super excited about this episode today. I thought about this late at night, and I was like, man, this is something that so many people need help with, that so many of us struggle with, that we often feel like we are out in the world just trying to explain what the heck it is we do. Now, these days with social media and the way that we are asked to portray ourselves online, people usually get confused about what it is we do for a living. I know some people probably think that I just hang out in yoga pants and eat mac and cheese and snuggle dogs all day long. But trust me, if those things could pay the bills, that is exactly what I would be doing. But since it's not, I'm here today to teach you in this free lesson all about owning your very own elevator pitch. Now, I want to kick off this episode and let you know that we have created an epic freebie that you can get your hands on that's going to walk you through step-by-step step how to create your own, and it's a exercise that is just going to give you such clarity in how to do this. So if you want to get your hands on that freebie, go to Gold Digger Podcast. 
podcast.com. There's a space there where you can get the freebies from the episodes and it's an instant download and you're just going to love it. It's going to really just provide clarity if you leave this and you're like, I am ready to have my very own elevator pitch. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, let's start with that, right? What is an elevator pitch? Well, think about it. It's exactly as it sounds. Let's say you're getting on an elevator on the first floor and you're heading on up to the top and somebody asks you, what do you do? You have about 60 seconds where you can describe who you are, what you do, how you serve the world. It's just this short version that is captivating that leaves people wanting more, that tells them and explains to them not just what you do, but who you are. Now, if you've ever followed me, I love to always talk about airplanes because I happen to be on them maybe more than I'd like to be. And a lot of times when people want a small talk, I'm game for a little bit, but then I put my little face mask on and take a snooze. But a lot of times people will say, well, what do you do? Or or, are you traveling for work or pleasure? And then once you say work, they say, well, what do you do? And I am somebody that I really don't like titles. I think that our society uses them as a crutch. I think that we often fill in blanks when we hear somebody's title with our own perceptions. And I think that titles have become this safe place for us to live, and they're not necessarily my favorite thing. But truth be told, there's going to come times in your life where you're going to be asked to describe who you are and what you do, and you're going to need to be able to communicate that super clearly and efficiently in a way that's going to resonate with your ideas ideal clients. So let's back up a solid about five or so years ago when I, for the very first time, actually told somebody I was a photographer. (laughs) Now, this might sound funny, but I am going to take a bet that some of you are out there right where I was in that moment. Now, the best part about all of this is that it happened in the dentist's office, and it was the first time that I actually said I'm a photographer without adding in the extra jargon of, but I work a full-time corporate job right now and I'm wanting to be a photographer and I bought this camera on Craigslist and I'm really trying to make it work. I just said, I'm a wedding photographer. And I remember leaving that appointment that day with Drew and getting in the car and saying, guess what I just did. And he said, what? And I'm like, I told her I was a photographer. I wrote that down on the occupation space on the form at the dentist's office And while that might not seem like a big deal, it was a huge deal because as I was transitioning from my corporate job into this life as a full-time entrepreneur, I was really struggling with feeling like a fraud and having this sort of identity crisis because when I was in the corporate world, I had these long titles, executive team leader of human resources and things like that that just sounded so legit. And then to go from that to saying, I'm a photographer. Man, that was really hard. And I was scared that people would ask questions that I couldn't answer. I was scared that people would ask me, well, where did you go to school for photography? Or what kind of gear are you using? And that I would just freeze up and that I would be found out. And it's funny because even five years later, I still struggle with how to communicate who I am and what I do. So I wanted this episode to be this chance to really help you start thinking about what your response is going to be the next time you get that question, and also to provide clarity and confidence so that you can answer it quickly, efficiently, and leave people wanting more. So let's dive in. Now, one of the things I want to focus on is that we need to focus on serving before selling. 
especially when we look at social media, and I talk about this a lot when I talk about how to share authentically on social media, a lot of times our notion with marketing is negative because we think of negative or we think negatively about like constantly selling. As in, marketing means that we have to be putting out these sales pitches day in and day out. And so a lot of times when people ask us what we do, we automatically want to switch on that marketing trigger and say, I'm selling this, or I can give you this if you give me money, or whatever that looks like for you. And so as we talk about how we navigate through these questions, I want our number one focus to be on how are we serving before we would ever sell? Because you almost have to pre-qualify somebody as they're pre-qualifying you to make sure that you guys would be a good fit and that they're even interested before you go off on a tangent that they might not be ready to hear. Now, entrepreneur.com sums up an elevator pitch like this. It says, an elevator pitch is a conversation or an icebreaker that will hopefully lead into a deeper dialogue about the functionality and specialty of what you or your company can offer. In practice, you typically have just 60 seconds to leave an exciting, impactful, and meaningful impression with whomever you come in contact with. So you want to make it count. So basically, as we lead this conversation, I'm going to walk you through five ways to build your own elevator pitch. I want our focus to be on keeping it short and sweet summing it up within about two or three sentences if possible. And instead of having the focus be on you and what you do, I want us to focus on talking about who you serve and how you serve them. So how in the heck do we do this? Let's walk through this together. Now, the first part of an elevator pitch is that you want to create connection. If you've listened to any of the past episodes, I am all about connection because if somebody doesn't know why you should matter to them, they're going to really have a hard time of listening and remembering and even caring about who you are and what you have to offer. So the first thing you want to focus on is how can you create connection in that first sentence, whether it's connection between where you live geographically or something you love or maybe even just some sort of demographic tie that can connect you to that person. So how can you create this tie between you and them and make them want to remember who you are or to ask more questions? I mean, basically stated, everyone is out there wondering, well, what can you do for me? right? That's the selfishness inside of all of us is we're wondering, well, how can you help me? Or how can you serve me? Or what in the heck can you do for me? And so you want to present yourself in a way that tells them exactly that and answers that biggest question right off the bat. So what does that look like? Now, we've talked about this in the past. You want to first establish, well, what is their biggest problem or their pain point? How can you solve that? And how can you communicate the fact that you can solve that in a really short amount of time? Because you want to make their life easier or better or more enjoyable by solving that problem or answering their biggest question or serving them in a way that helps. This is so important because it's going to create that connection that is going to want them wanting more. That's going to leave them excited to reconnect with you. Connection is huge, and it's not just in this elevator pitch. It's all over our 
places that we're sharing our lives, whether that's in person or online. We want to be creating connection through Instagram, through our website, through the emails we're sending out to our email list, through our Facebook posts, through our interactions face-to-face. But the coolest part about an elevator pitch is that when you're focusing on creating connection, you're going to have to tailor that message to the audience that you're speaking to. So, While the dentist may not have been my ideal client in terms of being a bride looking for a photographer, if I can create connection that's going to tell her that I can serve people or solve a problem, maybe the next time she sees a sparkly ring on one of her client's fingers, she's going to remember me. So it's so important to know who you're talking to and how you can connect with them on a deeper level in a way that is going to leave you front of mind the next time they need your service or someone they know needs what you have to offer. Now, number two is all about establishing credibility. You want to communicate that you are an expert in your area. So how can you do that in a way that is going to resonate with them? Why is it that you are uniquely qualified? Don't just use titles that they will understand. You know, a lot of times we want to just say like, I won this award or I went to this school or I am this awesome because, but you want to share it in a way that is going to resonate with them. So for an example, I have won the Wisconsin Bride Awards as the best photographer, but people might not know what those awards are, or they might not know, well, what does that actually mean? So instead of just saying, I am a three-time winner of the Wisconsin Bride Awards, I could basically say, I've been granted the top photographer in the state of Wisconsin, which is basically like the Grammys for wedding photographers in Wisconsin. Say it in a way that will flip the switch so that it resonates with them. Because a lot of times when I read people's bios or when they start leading off with something that I'm just so unfamiliar with, they've lost me. So if you went to a prestigious school, but it might not be well known outside of your industry, what if you said it's like the Harvard of photography schools? Something that is going to help people understand the importance of that, that's establishing credibility. Now, if you could use numbers, that would help people understand it in a deeper way. It gives tangible evidence and helps people understand the scope of what you do. So I could say, you know, I've served over a hundred wedding clients in the last five years, and I love giving them images that become their legacy. Something that tells people, okay, well, I've been doing this for this many years, or I've been able to help this many people, or I've served this many individuals in this way. And so you want to make sure that you establish credibility. And I think that this is where a lot of times we fall flat is because we're worried about sounding like we're bragging. But guys, if you have 60 seconds to do this, I mean, you got to sneak in a humble brag or two so that people really look at you as this expert so important. So number two is establish credibility. How can you do that? How can you share that you're uniquely qualified? What kind of numbers could you use? And how could you translate some titles that might not resonate with your audience in a way that helps them understand the scope of it all? Number three is one of my favorite things to do, whether we're talking about marketing, email marketing, social media, you want to leave people wanting more. So cool, right? Like you have this opportunity 
to give them some information, but the goal should not be to have finality in those 60 seconds. The biggest goal should be that you want to leave them wanting more. So the goal is that you want people to become interested, so interested that they have to know more about you or what you do. So you want to keep it intriguing, almost like a cliffhanger, so that they can't wait to be a part of what you're doing or so that they're excited to ask you clarifying questions once you're done. So it's kind of all about packing it in with a giant punch in a short amount of time. The goal is to confidently communicate who you are and what you do while also leaving them intrigued. Now, a lot of times when I kind of tell people what I do, it's always interesting and it's honestly really challenging because I do so many different things. And a lot of times Drew gets really frustrated because We'll meet people and we'll kind of have that awkward, what do you do conversation. And a lot of times I just say, I'm a wedding photographer because it's such an easy way to help people understand what I do. But that's just one tiny part of what I do. I am an online educator. I am a podcaster, but it depends on who I'm talking to and how I can communicate those things so that people understand it all. And I remember a year ago, we went to the doctor and again, you have to fill out the form occupation and I just wrote photographer. So of course, when the doctor comes in, she says, well, like, oh, so cool. You're a wedding photographer. And I remember leaving that day and Drew is like, babe, that's not all you do. She doesn't get it. She doesn't know that you do all these things and you're killing it. And, and I looked at him and I was like, honey, like, it's not her job to know or care what I do. Like her job is to make sure I'm healthy and good, you know? And so when you share what you do, you want to make sure that for those specific ideal clients, you're giving them just enough to give them a taste and to establish that credibility, but you're also leading into a conversation that is going to have them on the edge of their seats, excited to see what you have next, waiting to see what you're going to send them or share with them or put up online. And so leaving them wanting more is such a really cool part about this pitch. Moving on. This is moving way too fast. This is just so exciting and good. And I love it all so much. And I hope that as we're doing this, your wheels are just turning on. How can I communicate all of this? So number four is awesome. And it is Give them an invitation. Now, I am a giant fan of call to actions. I talk about the importance of them in social media, but one of the ways that elevator pitches work so well is giving them an invitation to take it a step further. So a lot of times when we communicate who we are and what we do, we just put a dead end there. But just like on your website or in your post, you never want to leave people with a dead end. You always want to give those people an opportunity to go a step further. So when you give your elevator pitch, how are you giving and extending a warm invitation for those people that are the right fit for you? Now, you have to understand that not every single person that you tell who you are and what you do, they're not all going to care enough to do this extra step. But those few ideal clients that do, those are going to be those people that are eager to continue on. So how can they go a step further with you? What would they do if they wanted to learn more? How can they connect with you in the future? 
Now, whether you direct them to where they can go, like a website or a freebie or your podcast or whatever that looks like to get more information or whether you serve them and give them information on how you could potentially partner up, extending that invitation is probably the biggest part of an elevator pitch. Because if you just say, hey, I'm Jenna and this is what I do, period, end of statement, done, what if they're like, oh my gosh, I want to work with you. Where do I go? How do I do this? How do we get in touch? How can we work together? You don't want to leave that question on the table because some people might not be ballsy enough to ask. That's the truth. So how can you build this into that little elevator pitch or extend that invitation? One way that you can do this is even just say like, hey, I've all of my information on my website if you're curious about learning more. And then they could ask, well, what is the URL? That's easy. Or I share all of my life and my adventures over on Instagram. And if you want to hang out, that's likely where I'm going to be scrolling. Great. Then they can ask you what that is. Then you don't feel weird being like, hey, follow me at Jenna Kutcher on Instagram. Like that's weird and awkward. But if you can present things in a way that leaves them intrigued, You know, I serve almost 100K people over on Instagram. It's my favorite place and my favorite app to spend time on. Okay, people are going to say, oh my gosh, where do I follow you, right? So you want to make sure that whenever you're leading off this conversation, you want to extend this invitation. And it can be a gentle invitation. It doesn't have to be this hard sell. But you want to let people know that you're interested in connecting with them more, And to double up on number four, give them an invitation, what would it look like if you actually personally followed up with people? Did you think of that? Probably not. A lot of times we love to just put finality to things. Like we're like, all right, well, I talked to them or I gave them this idea done. But what would it look like if you actually followed up with these people afterwards? Whether it's a job interview or you're speaking somewhere or you even just meet someone and they take the time to follow you? What would it look like if you just followed up and said, hey, it was so great to meet you and connect with you. I hope that we stay in touch. A good example of this would be at the CrossFit gym that we went to when we were in Maui. Now, we are in Hawaii. We're meeting all these people, and a lot of times it was in passing. So a lot of people were in and out, so they'd be in Hawaii for the week, and then they'd be gone. But we connected with a ton of people at that gym, and it was really neat because we were connecting with them on social media. And some of those people, you know, not all of them, but a good percentage of those were like, hey, we actually want to keep in touch with you, or we're going to be coming back to Hawaii soon. We would love to reach out and connect when we get back. So how can you kind of close the deal on that relationship in a sense that is going to leave you connected with them after you deliver this little pitch on who you are and what you do? So number five, now this one is something that took me a long time to learn. So hopefully today I can save you some of that learning curve and put it out there. Number five is this. If you need to defend who you are, or if you feel like you're on the defense in explaining what you do, those aren't your people. Save your breath. A lot of times I feel like when I describe what I do, people just don't understand it. And it leaves me in this really tough position because I'm super stubborn that I want to clarify or I want to keep on rambling or I want to put out all these facts so that they know like, no, I'm seriously legit guys. Like you don't get it. But what I've learned is a really big lesson in restraint. If they don't get it, if they're not interested, it's okay. 
okay. I found that if I am in a place in my business or in my life that I need to convince people, they're likely not my people anyways. So when you can speak clearly to the right people, you're going to know that your message is going to resonate, that that connection that you're creating is going to actually create something bigger than just that 60 second relationship. For so long, especially when I was starting out as a photographer, my goal was to get every engaged couple to sign up with Jenna Kutcher. Like I wanted to be the wedding photographer for everyone. And it impacted my business and my life and the way that I was presenting myself in such a giant way because I was out there trying to convince people to hire me. A lot of you, if you're just starting out, you're there. You're in that moment and you're like, amen, Jenna, I am here right now and it is exhausting. Because when you're out there trying to be everything to everyone, you're likely not being anything to anyone. That's freaking hard and it's tiring and it's draining and it leaves you wondering, am I really cut out for this? But if you're on the defense, if you're out there trying to defend yourself or trying to help people understand like, hey, I'm really doing big things, they're probably not going to get on board even if you waste your breath and go on and on and on and try to convince them. The biggest shift in my business, and I teach this inside of my courses, was when I took this desire to be everything to everyone, this this desire within me that whenever I saw somebody say they got engaged on Facebook that I wanted to be their photographer. When I turned that and said, hey, I need 20 weddings, 20 brides and grooms to choose me, 20 in a sea of hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people that get engaged every day, I need 20 in an entire year. How can I speak to those 20 in a way that will never leave them guessing if I'm the right fit for them? How can I put myself out there in a way that those 20 brides and grooms are going to be like, Jenna is the only option for me. When I switched that, oh my gosh, you guys, my business changed so dramatically. It gave me so much clarity. It gave me so much freedom to be myself, to share my authentic self, to speak super candidly to these 20 people. Now, we talk so much about attracting or repelling, but the whole idea of repelling goes against everything that is within us as people pleasers. I know that you are listening and you are a people pleaser. And so I want this number five to really just I want you to marinate on it. I want for you to really think about this. Now, I have a perfect example of when I felt on the defense. And Drew and I had a good laugh after it was all said and done. We were in line getting some shaved ice in Hawaii. And shaved ice is like amazing. I mean, it's pretty much sugar on ice, but it's delicious. We only got it once on the whole trip. That's my biggest regret. And so we're in line getting shaved ice. We start talking to this couple and they had just flown in. They were probably in their fifties. We start talking and they asked us like, how long have you been in Hawaii? And we're like, oh, we're actually here for the month. And the second question was, well, what do you do that allows you to do that? We got asked that so many times when we were there. And of course we start to describe. So I said, well, you know, five years ago, I started my business as a photographer and I've been super fortunate to be able to not just be a photographer, but to be an educator. And we've been able to take the month off as a sabbatical. And 
then the lady goes, well, does that afford you to do this? Like you, you make enough to do that, which to me, I wanted to say it's none of your business, but of course now I'm on the defense. And so we got in the car after that conversation and just laughed because we're like, if only they knew, but it also showed me restraint just to smile and be polite and say, yeah, you know, we're very fortunate and we've worked really hard to get where we are and we're making sacrifices to make this month off happen, but it's worth every penny. So I want, now that we've gone through the five, I'll quick review them. And then I want to give you some action items for this week. So number one was create connection. Number two was establish credibility. Number three was leave them wanting more. Number four is extend an invitation. And number five is if you need to defend, they aren't your people anyways. So focus on your tribe. So I want for you to imagine that you're going into a cocktail party. Now, you don't really know people there. You have some sort of connections to people, but you're a little nervous. If if you're like me, cocktail parties make me want to throw up a little bit because they usually require real pants and conversations with humans, which I'm not so great at because I'm so used to talking to my dogs all day. So you get to this cocktail party and you're probably lurking on the outskirts. Maybe you grabbed a glass of wine and you're praying that you can have a conversation with one or two people and not get pushed into an awkward center where you feel like you're back in high school in the middle of a dance and you need to bust out your best robot impression. Now you're not going to get into the middle of the room and grab a microphone and start screaming about what you're selling, right? Because that's not marketing. Straight up sales and that makes most of us feel a little queasy. You don't want to just get out there and say, hey, here's what I'm selling. Here's why I want you to buy. Buy, 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 buy. We've all seen those terrible commercials that do that, and they just turn you off, and we tone them out in a heartbeat. What you'll likely want to do is maybe pull aside a few people and go around and say, hey, this is who I am, and this is what I do, and, and you know, what do you do, and how can we create this connection together? When you think about marketing, I want for you to think about it more as a conversation and less of a pitch. And so I want to share kind of a brief overview of what my elevator pitch would be, should I give one. And obviously, I also need to do the exercise that we're giving away free in these episode show notes. So at golddiggerpodcast.com, there's a link with all of their freebies that you can get your hands on from this episode and past episodes. And it's going to walk you through this exercise. It's going to help you have clarity and establish credibility within a short amount of time. So here is my elevator pitch. Hey, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm a small town Wisconsin girl and I have really big dreams. I'm mostly known for my obsession with macaroni and cheese, yoga pants, and rescuing puppies. And I always love to keep it real. I'm a wedding photographer. I'm a marketing educator and a podcaster. And I serve people weekly through all different mediums. I've been fortunate enough to serve over 100 couples in love with wedding photography that tells their story in an authentic way and translates images into family heirlooms. I have this giant obsession with marketing, and I love to teach other entrepreneurs how to run successful, authentic, and profitable businesses through marketing that serves. And I teach online courses and did a million dollars in sales in my first year. I also love serving up content on the Gold Digger podcast, which is a workshop style podcast that serves free education twice a week and helps inspire other entrepreneurs to chase their biggest dreams. If you want to connect, you can dive into my website at jennacutcher.com. 
So there you have it. That's about 60 seconds and it goes through all the different channels of my business. And you likely don't have as many facets. And so I'd love to challenge you to really dive even deeper into that service or product that you offer so that you can even clearly or clearer, communicate it better to people in that time frame. Now, since I have all of these different avenues that I serve people through, it's a little harder and I get a little bit more out of breath when I go through it. But I hope that that kind of shows you like, hey, this is how you want to navigate this. And these are the different ways that you can establish that credibility. So I might have created connection over the yoga pants, mac and cheese, and rescuing puppies. I might have lost people on what I actually do. But if I even led off with that connection creator, that could lead to further conversations. Maybe I created a connection through saying I'm a small town girl. Because a lot of times people that live in small towns are like, no way, how big is your town? Oh my gosh, I went to the same school kindergarten through 12th grade. No way, me too. Right there, you're creating connection. So again, you don't just want to lead off with titles because let's say I say I'm a wedding photographer and this person has already been married for 10 years or they're nowhere near getting married. I could have just lost them because they're like, well, she has nothing to offer me, right? So that connection part is in the first part. The second part is establishing that credibility. So I've served over 100 couples in love. Okay, so that says, okay, well, you've either been doing this for a while or you do a high volume and you've done this for, you know, 100 different couples. I also established credibility through saying how much sales we did in my online courses and how we serve people that way. And then also explaining who it is I'm serving. So I'm serving people that want to run successful, authentic, and profitable businesses through these courses. And I'm also explaining, well, what is the Gold Digger podcast? It's a a workshop-style podcast that gives free education twice a week and helps inspire other entrepreneurs, okay? So I hope that when you see that, you can kind of understand like, okay, here is a start. And it's almost like a bio, like it's almost like that about me that is a bio that is brief, that's to the point, but that really explains it all clearly. Notice that I didn't say, I'm a photographer. I just, I love capturing moments in time and I I love being behind my lens. Well, duh, you're a photographer. I would hope so. So what do you do with your photography? I serve people And tell their story in an authentic way that translates images into family heirlooms. Oh, that helps a little bit, right? So that is my elevator pitch. I want to know how you are going to create yours. This is such a good exercise. If you've been struggling how to answer that question, what do you do? This is going to walk you through step by step. So remember each of the big key points that I pointed out. And don't forget to grab your freebie at golddiggerpodcast.com. I cannot wait to hear your elevator pitch. I would love for you to share them. Feel free to join us in our private Facebook group for the Gold Digger Podcast Insiders. Again, the link is at golddiggerpodcast.com for you to join us. And I would love to hear your elevator pitch. Type it out so that you can practice it so that next time you get on an elevator, you can run through it in your head and say, did I make it? Did I communicate it? Did I get through it? Was I clear? Was I confident in that? And you are just going to see yourself soar so that you aren't hiding behind awkward titles or feeling that fraud syndrome every single time people ask you what it is you do. 
I want for you to feel confident and excited to share how you are out there serving the world. And I know that you are doing big things. So if you can communicate those in a way that is going to create connection, you are going to be able to serve the world in a bigger way. So my friends, until next time, keep on digging those biggest goals. And when I meet you, I will be excited to hear your own elevator pitch. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.